here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den Podcast. What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the PPC Den Podcast, your source for all things Amazon advertising techniques and strategy. I'm very excited about today because it sort of kicks off something I really like to do on the show, which is to bring in real down in the weeds, in the battlefield practitioners, PPC practitioners, not gurus, but actual practitioners coming on the show and sharing their tales of the battlefield, their experience actually managing Amazon advertising. And today I'm joined by Clifford. Uh, Clifford Donovan is from Pilot House Digital and Clifford, I'm super excited. I'm going to read, I'm going to brag for you really quick because you've got an impressive resume. <clears throat> Are you ready? That sounds great. Clifford, senior Amazon media buyer at Pilot House Digital. You have not just PVC experience, but you've also had your own Amazon uh, store so you know about listing optimization and product photography and all the things that come with that. Uh, eight plus years of retail management experience. You've also done deep learning in Python to analyze neural time series data. And you're just generally interested in data analysis. You manage over $250,000 a month in Amazon PPC for multiple brands. Uh, you manage and strategize with teams, uh, with a team of five, I believe, working with you, uh, as well as manage Amazon SEO. And you uh, just won the gold medal in the 4x4 relay in uh, Tokyo. So congratulations. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm pretty quick. Yes, that's right. Uh, no, Clifford, seriously, it is, uh, it's been so great getting to know you. And we've been talking now for maybe nine months. I don't know. COVID seemed like a little bit of a time vortex. But we've been talking, to, talking for a while now, haven't we? Yeah, I think it's been a, pretty close to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you were the first person I ever met who you signed up for Ad Badger. You were like, let me test out this bid algorithm. And you downloaded all your keyword data and you're like, these are the changes I would have made. And I'm going to turn on AdBadger for a week and then see what changes AdBadger makes and then compare the two. And it was one of the highlights of being involved in AdBadger to pass your test. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for keeping us honest. Uh, no that was, that was awesome. Uh, so you're a to and the reason I mentioned that is cause like you're a total data guy. Uh, so I think you fit right in here, uh, on the PPC Den podcast. So with all that said, welcome to the show. How are you oh, doing today? Great. Doing good. Mm -hmm. yeah. Happy to be here. I'm a big, uh, big fan of the podcast. Been listening to it since before we started using ad badger. I think the podcast was the reason we found it in the first place. So 
Um, uh, That's wild. So, weird, so, how's, so how's it feel to be on a show that you once listened to? Yeah, it's a weird uh, celebrity-esque feeling that's happening it's like if you were like watching like you're the celebrity now yeah yeah like i'm basically <laughs> oh yeah mom. yeah i think so <laughs> you know my advice for you would be to let it go straight to your head it will only make you better <laughs> my, my team already knows that already yes is you know when i sit down with my wife and we're having an argument it's like hey did you know i'm the host of the ppc podcast <laughs> it's a big deal it is a very it is a very big deal. Uh, no, in all seriousness, part of, part of what uh, I think makes this show and the audience great is some degree of, of humility, humility, which actually brings up a really interesting topic, the topic we're going to talk about today, because we were talking and you mentioned something I think is very interesting. You have never, never not segmented branded versus unbranded terms. So uh, for everyone out there listening, again, the should you segment your branded terms or non-branded terms, Clifford is a definitive yes. And we're going to get into that in a second. Um, but just to recap this whole thing, let's say you are Nike. What that would mean is when you are bidding on the word running shoes, you will have running shoes in its own campaign. So running shoes, phrase match, and then you would have a negative keyword, Nike. You'd have negative phrase Nike in there to ensure that all the traffic that goes to the word, the keyword running shoes is non-branded. So this is a really interesting topic. Steven and I did an episode on this many moons ago. Uh, and we sort of said like, yeah, there's benefit to it, but it kind of seems like a lot of work. Uh, and oh, you know, that was our consensus. And your consensus is, is that the extra work is worth it. So we're going to be getting into that today. And I'm super stoked about it. So to kick things off there, you know, and, and this may, may be a recap for some people out there, but I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about how you think of PPC goals relative to like the part of the funnel, as well as, you know, within that funnel, you have branded and non-branded traffic. So talk to me a little bit about how you you know, what are your, what's your framework that you follow when you're thinking of parts of the funnel and branded versus non-branded traffic in terms right. of goals for different types of words? Yeah. So we'll always have, and I, I think it's always a good practice to have different goals for each of your campaigns and kind of what their keywords and what their targeting is based on. So we'll start kind of at a top of the funnel. So uh, we'll call it the more high, like the highest volume uh, keywords, the highest search volume. Um, from there all the way down to your branded terms at the very bottom, which are of course the lowest volume and the most relevant to your product and to your brand. So in there is like a spectrum from, we'll call it the highest allowable ACOS of those highest volume search volume terms. Because of course, if you get a sale on running shoes in your example, you're ranking up for the term running shoes, which is probably a fairly high search volume where, I mean, Nike's, you know, they probably have some pretty strong search volume around their brand, but uh, all the way down to your brand name being much lower and it's less impactful for you to rank for your brand because you're already likely ranking for it naturally. So you're, you'll want a much lower ACOS on your 
branded campaigns compared to your ranking campaigns at the top. So it kind of runs that funnel from the highest volume all the way down to the, the lowest volume being the most profitable. You know, we were talking before the show and you, you said that, and I feel like intuitively I knew that. And, and like everybody knows that, right? You have different goals for different keywords, but I think the way that you phrased it is like one of the best nuggets on that like we'll have the show is that, okay, you bid for ranking. Okay. That's fantastic. And a lot of times because there's so much going on in PPC, we often can lump our entire account as one. It's like, okay, I'm in launch mode or I'm launching a product or whatever it might be. So let's say you're launch, you're launching a new product. You might say for this product, let's push the ACOS high because we want to rank for it. And part of the reason why that happens, like that phrase happens is because there's just so many things to worry about during a product launch. And there's so many different types of campaigns and keyword strategies and things to do when you launch a new product. But what is so simple about what you mentioned is like, hey, the organic ones, the, the, I'm sorry, the branded terms, we're probably gonna rank for anyway. The real, the real place we wanna to go to get aggressive is with all of these non-branded terms. So we want different ACOS goals for the purposes of ranking these non-branded terms. So it's worth paying more for a non-branded term than a branded term. Therefore, they need different ACOS goals Therefore, one of the easiest ways to direct those different ACOS goals is through straight up segmenting branded versus non-branded terms using negative keywords. Did I summarize that well? Like, did I miss anything there? Yeah, no, I think you summarized it well. And somewhere yeah. in between, I guess I should have I should have said is somewhere in between your branded and your uh, non-branded like ranking terms is uh, some longer tail relatively relevant to your product, non-branded terms that you would want, likely still a relatively profitable ACOS to because they're less important, I guess, to rank for because there's a lot less people searching for them. So the payoff from ranking organically from them is lower than ranking organically for the higher volume. For in if that same example, maybe like lightweight running shoe for women, uh, you would likely want a, if you are making a lightweight running shoe for women, you probably want a much lower ACOS there because you're so relevant to that keyword, you're already going to naturally rank for it well, you're going to convert really well. Um, whereas again, targeting running shoe more generically, uh, there's a lot of search volume there. So if you can get placed near the top, the, the payoff is huge. Right, so this is combined with you know, the intersection there of like head versus tail keywords, you know, a head keyword, uh, very, very short word like shoes, you know, incredibly high search volume, probably a low conversion rate going to be expensive. Um, whereas, you know, trail running shoes for men that are gray, long tail, right? Many words in there, lower search volume. If that product is a trail running shoe that's gray, you're probably going to have a strong conversion rate for it. So how do you, you know, stack both of those, you know, when you are thinking about segmenting branded versus non-branded terms for those, both of those buckets, branded versus non-branded terms, do you, how are you also thinking about, you know, the term shoe versus, you know, that very specific example? Like how do you stack also the head versus tail keywords as well? Um, do you stack it? 
It's pretty product dependent. So I would say your your product has to be able to, like you have to make that kind of judgment call of whether you think that your product can, I guess you can figure it out with data as well, but as you're mentioning, it's expensive. But uh, see if your product can actually convert well on that head term, that's going to be that high volume term. Maybe you can't, maybe your highest ranking best term is actually one of these a little bit longer tail terms. Maybe trail running shoe is your best possible keyword and that's your ranking, number one ranking keyword that you can rank up for and you don't really bother with shoe. You might do shoe phrase match or shoe broad match, but you don't bother with shoe exact. It's too competitive. You're not gonna rank. Maybe you put it lower down and you have a much lower ACOS goal with it. So it takes that judgment call, but then uh, I pull branded terms out of all of it across the board. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like working on on accounts, how do how do you get your ACOS targets like for a particular product for a particular account? Like, what is the conversation like with the client? Do you need to get both the branded and the non branded to average out to their target ACOS, or when you're having your conversations with clients, are you actually saying, "Hey, our goal for our branded terms is going to be ACOS," you know? 10% and then the A cost for non-branded terms is going to be 50%. Like and that's going to average out to something. Uh you know, tell me how you approach that. Yeah, it's typically average out to the overall account level A cost goal. There is definitely some clients who uh come to us who are a lot more versed in Amazon and a lot of the time we're more hands-on with the PPC before they come to us um who are more involved and we will report things like the you know, this is how our branded campaigns are doing. This is how our non-branded or prospecting campaigns are doing. Um, and maybe there is a decrease in branded this month or an increase in branded this month and whatnot. And usually um, most of these, the brands at least we work with are running on multiple platforms as well. So they can notice if there's a trend of maybe there's more Google branded traffic that month, it lines up with more Amazon branded traffic that month as well. Mm -hmm. Do you ever find that sometimes it's like extra worth it uh, and sometimes it might not be worth it to segment versus not segment? And one example I have on that, someone came to us and they were spending, is a very large company, uh, and they were spending probably $30,000 a month on their Amazon PPC. And like 90% of it was all branded. So they had a lot of very loose targeting. They had a lot of phrase. They had a lot of broad. Um, Their bids weren't exactly where they should be. So they did have some exact matches, but they were sort of overshadowed. They had their auto. They had a lot of that kind of targeting. And because they had so much branded recognition, like 90% of that 30K a month was all branded. So it was a very easy value add to be like, okay, there needs to be some kind of action to prevent all of these all of your traffic, all of your spend go towards branded, it's time to start segmenting branded versus non-branded. And it was like a perfect reason because we can like draw the line, like, okay, if we if we want to spend $30,000 a month really efficiently, we're going to need to start segmenting these things and start setting up budgets for different scenarios. So it made really good sense there. Um, but, you know, if you take over an account, like what are you looking for to say like, hey, this needs to be segmented or hey, it's okay. It might not be worth it right now. Tell me how you think about that. Um, 
one, I'll always do it. <laughs> first. Always do it. I'll literally always do it. There is never a time when I will mm -hmm. not. Um, is there is there ever a time where like there's not a lot of brand recognition? Like you know, maybe it's a newer company and you know they sell a generic product or like a novelty product, uh, and like maybe nobody even knows the company name. Totally, the branded campaigns spend next to nothing. So you still segment? Okay, so mm -hmm. I still segment them, but. A lot of the time, especially if it's even a consumable, uh, if it's a consumable product that you might be totally brand new to a space, but you know, you sell maybe 10, 20 units your first week. Well, one or two of those people might come back and search the branded term. Uh, I'd like them to make sure that I get our ad there rather than them searching it and getting a competitor who's much more established with more reviews and whatnot. So even mm -hmm. for the, the brand new brands, we still do it. But your first example is amazing because that's very much what we see a lot with like any larger, yeah. any larger established brand. A lot of their PPC is coming from branded and most of the time it's not separated. So they think they're doing a lot better on the PPC side than I would say that they actually are when you compare it to if they were going like spending a lot more on generic terms. Mm hmm. What does your process look like? You, you know, my whole thing with segmentation is I always like you want as much segmentation as possible without it becoming an impediment to optimization. Like if you create some incredibly intricate process that's so complicated that it just becomes so overwhelming and you never want to manage it ever and you can't interpret it because there's, you know, always 5,000 lines of data to analyze becomes very difficult. What kinds of activities are you doing to ensure that this doesn't get that way? Like what does your normal routine look like to be sure that your branded and non-branded is, is clean? Cause it can get leaky, uh, you know, where you're constantly getting sneaky branded terms sliding into non-branded. Yeah. It's always leaky. I'll say that. Like it's, mm -hmm. I, I've never had one unless it's a very, your brand name is very easily spelled uh, and you don't have any very distinguishing features, then maybe that would be the only time it's not that leaky. But almost every time uh, shoppers will find some new way to spell your brand name wrong that you did not catch right. initially. Uh, so it is, it is basically always leaky. So first on that, I would say as part of a typical like search term graduation from like grabbing the exact match terms out of your phrase matches or out of your, your broad match or auto campaigns. Um, that is how we'll typically move branded terms out. Um, if we're taking over from a brand new, like a, an account that's already been running from some, some brand as, as your example there, we'll pull of course, like the bulk ops and look at the search term reports and try and pull out everything that we can that looks brand to us. But it does definitely take uh usually a few weeks of getting a little bit more used to what people are searching and, and being able to move it out. But on the management side of it, like how does this not end up being way too many campaigns and overwhelming and impossible to manage? I think we've, we've talked about this before and I'm sure we disagree. So it'll be nice and confusing for people listening of me having an entirely different opinion, but I don't separate out uh, match types into different, um, ad groups or campaigns at all. And so because of that, I separate my campaigns um, very much based on like goals, kind of like I, I mentioned with the funnel idea. So all the campaigns are separated out in as goal types. 
Um, and because of that and not separating out by match type, there's a little bit less separation on that front instead of uh, separating like by match type, we separate out by goals. And so it makes it a little bit less to manage. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I see a lot of accounts from newer advertisers that they're mixing branded and non-branded and they're mixing match types and they're missing and they're they're mixing like keyword types they'll have competitor terms in the same ad group as their own branded terms in the same ad group as like all the match types and oftentimes it's a very good value add for them to begin segmenting match types and to break down the ad groups into smaller chunks so that inevitably they so so the counter argument to to all of this is you know hey if you're doing search term graduation you know if you have your auto campaign running and you're finding terms and you're they're eventually making their way up to exact match and you're doing negative keyword sculpting meaning you have you know the term running shoes in a broad match campaign and then you have running shoes negated in there so that you're only finding things that are not running shoes and you repeat that process with your branded terms too so you have you know your branded phrases and your branded exacts and and all of that don't you eventually get segmented in a way that achieves a similar purpose without the extra step of increased analysis and increased tasks because it's almost like you have to double your search term graduation process. Um, no, <laughs> but I'll explain why. Um, and and to the, I'll address the second thing first, though, which is I don't think, and I'm not of the opinion that it's more work or more analysis because having mm-hmm. it separated means that you can look at the high level really easily and be able to see how branded is doing compared to these other campaign goals. Uh, without having to dig into the campaign, look at the ad groups, look at the keywords, look at certain reports. I can just look at the campaign, look at its ROAS or ACOS and and be able to kind of judge how it's doing from there. So I like that aspect of it quite a bit on the management side. On the first point though, it definitely gets closer if you are doing it that way. If you are very diligent in your search term graduation, you're doing the negative sculpting for sure. It, it definitely helps a lot. But I think what you end up with there is your exact match campaign. If it's not segmented out with branded, you now have that muddied with, um, let's say that same term, women's running shoes or lightweight running shoes for women is in the same uh, campaign now as Nike running shoes for women. And if that campaign one has a budget that's restricting it, it will almost certainly spend more if you have a, tar- a low target a cost it will almost certainly spend that budget on the branded terms more than the non-branded terms so you've basically restricted it from spending on your non-branded terms that have actually proven to likely convert which is why you move them there and two you might just have different a cost goals for those keywords so even if that campaign isn't budget restricted if you set you know let's say the target a cost of that exact match campaign to 10% maybe that a uh, branded term has a much better ACOS than the non-branded term. And so the branded one and or the non-branded one ends up having its bid lowered to a point that it's uh, a lot lower than maybe you actually want it to be. 
So being able to separate them out into separate campaigns, I think a lot of the purpose is because you will want different target ACOSs, ACOSs, <laughs> a different target ACOS uh, based on whether it's a branded terms that it's targeting or if it's non-branded terms that it's targeting. Right. And I do see a lot of people that will go and optimize based off the campaign level ACOS. They'll say, oh, no, the campaign ACOS is bad. Then they open it up and they they will make you know changes all that they might lower bids in mass inside that campaign and you're right you never want a scenario where like the campaign acos is good because it's just being you know championed by a branded term and then you have all these non-branded terms that either get very bad traffic or they get very little traffic because that branded term is just you know running laps around all of them so being aware of that is is key and when you have segmented campaigns for branded and non-branded it makes life very very simple and you know the other thing i keep coming back to and i I think it's the reason why i was so excited to do this episode even though we talked about it in the past was because cpcs are rising for everyone i think this is like the summer of cpc increases for most advertisers i think in general people are seeing 30 percent increases in cpcs since about a year ago 30 like anywhere between 30 and 40 percent so i'm seeing a lot of accounts where they're spending more for the same amount of traffic or they're getting less traffic and spending the same amount and i think this kind of separation will help them better understand where their money is going like how much is actually going towards branded terms how much is going towards non-branded terms i think that's a really it's a good time to check that out. Uh, you know, so much of PPC is like holding up the the crystal and like viewing it from different angles and like seeing what you see when you look through a particular angle. So viewing things in like the lens of branded versus non-branded can help you determine, say, hey, you know, my branded traffic is behaving really, really well. And that's actually masking the really bad ACOS from these other terms. I need to go and get that under get that under control. So that could be a really valuable optimization task that should get done. From a practical standpoint, when you do take over an account, you know, let's say it's old, it's aged, how do you approach the segmentation process? Like if you have an account that's not segmented and you want to start segmenting branding, branded and non-branded, what are the first things that you start doing? Yeah, it's it's kind of annoying because of the way that Amazon's like new campaigns take time to start running. I wish I could just right. say I grab the search term report and I segment everything the way that I want it to be and I make all new campaigns. Uh, it's not really what... Right. So there is a fear that like you don't necessarily want to pause things and like launch new. Yeah. So we'll do it over time and slowly. Like we'll eventually get that account into a place where it's replaced like all of those campaigns. Maybe not replaced but at least like renamed and restructured in a way that follows the same kind of plan it just we'll do it slowly like product by product uh like give this one a couple days to run give this one a couple days to run things like that so it's like it's looking at the search term report segmenting based on that and then grabbing and, and segmenting and making the new campaigns and renaming the existing. A lot of the times it's just renaming the existing ones and just moving some things out to a new one is, is mainly mm-hmm. what it comes down to. So when you have that, let's say there's an account with like one campaign 
like let's just say it literally has one automatic sponsored product campaign. Uh, are you creating a new campaign for the branded terms or are you creating a new campaign for the non-branded terms? Definitely creating a new campaign for the branded terms. Okay. So that means you go into the existing one, you drop in negative phrases. So negative phrase Nike or negative phrase Apple. Uh, and I assume there's some kind of process where you're looking for all the different, you know, brand names that people may use. Um, what does that process look like? Yeah. You can usually catch a lot with phrase match. Um, obviously that helps a lot. Um, right. But, so, so negative phrase, Apple call it a day. Uh, yeah. I mean, to a point, obviously they always find a different way to spell it and whatnot, but, uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's the same thing. It's search term reports. Also in that same example, I don't think I would normally negative right away. I would make the new campaign with the targeting to it, but I would slowly negative out from the original one. So I think the new one would, over a couple days, start naturally picking those up from likely being maybe a higher bid than, than that original one was. I would not start to negative things out until I saw that the newer campaign was already starting to pick up some of those sales or some of those impressions and clicks. Hmm. Very interesting. So, and then when you do your reporting, like you're looking back at the end of the month and you are assessing these goals, you know, like the non-branded terms has to be, you know, let's say 40, 50% ACoS, the branded terms, maybe five or 10% ACoS. How are you interpreting those results? Uh, like how do you engineer the campaign so that it averages out to what it is that you want? You know, if let's say the client's target is 30%. How do you think about threading that needle? Yeah, it's tough. I think a lot of it is how aggressive you are with some of the highest spenders. So as it mentioned, some of those like more ranking heavy campaigns and on the ranking side of it, uh, those are almost all exact match because they're all the very high volume uh, keywords. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a lot of those usually end up being some of your highest spenders. So a lot of keeping that under control because separating out brand is fantastic and you can obviously, I, in my opinion, uh, you can obviously uh, get a really low ACoS on them, but there's only so much volume there based on how large your brand is. So you can only do so much to make those, uh, to keep those under control. So it really comes down to like how aggressive you want to be with spending across all the non-branded. Another one of the reasons I like segmenting it out is that now you can, now you can see how, um, aggressive you want to be in and tightly tune it with, as you're mentioning, kind of the, the target A costs of some of those non-branded campaigns. You could go as high as, you know, 80 to 90% if you want to get really aggressive on some of those ranking campaigns or bring that bring that down to 40 or 50. And usually that'll tune it down to a 20 or 30% A cost. Again, totally depending on how much is, is branded in the account. If you have a huge brand name like Nike, I'm sure 80% of your your account is probably spent on branded and maybe only 10 or 20% on non-branded. So it's, it's pretty easy to have that split, but we've had a, a recent account who is very much like this. They have, they're fairly established in their space, but they're launching a, a new product that's a little bit outside of it. So it is, it's exactly towing that, that balance of how aggressive do we want to be with ranking this new product compared to, 
um, how many of the branded sales are helping us to reduce that overall account level ACoS. And so it, it is definitely like finding that balance based on your overall target ACoS and it's just tuning the, the highest spenders at the top. How often are you looking at overall ACoS and then using that information to fine tune branded versus non-branded? Oh, is that a weekly thing? Me personally, like basically daily or every second day. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely cool. weekly for sure. Like we will, so we have uh, just our agency personally has weekly client meetings with basically every mm-hmm. client. So weekly we'll report on it to them. And so we're definitely looking at it then. Um, but then basically daily on most accounts, I would say. It's not, it's not usually necessary. It's obviously pretty spend based. If you're, if you're spending a lot, looking at it daily makes a lot more sense. If you're spending less, you won't have enough data there to make much decisions on a daily basis. So looking at it weekly or even monthly. Mm-hmm. What do you put in the campaign name to delineate what's branded and non-branded? Just branded and non-branded? Branded. Yeah, the word branded. Okay. <laughs> um, the word branded in the branded campaigns, but in non-branded, it's whatever the goals of that campaign is. And a lot of those goals, it might not even be goal-related. It might be uh, like the way we segment is a lot of the time even uh, niche-specific. So for shoes, we may literally have like a trail-running uh, campaign, which is all the trail running keywords. And we might have a, you know, this or that. And then we start to see, uh, I, I really like this separation personally, because we start to see which niche we're doing well in, which what's, uh, what kind of keyword grouping is working and, and what's not without having to delve too deep. We can really just have a high level view of seeing, okay, where is this working? Where is it not? Fascinating. And you also mentioned something before the show that getting into this way of thinking makes ASIN targeting a lot easier and more effective too. Tell us a little bit about how you think about branded ASIN targeting versus non-branded ASIN targeting. Yeah, I'm a big ASIN targeting guy. Uh, branded mm-hmm. ASIN targeting of is like, so <laughs> I dream about. Uh, branded ASIN <laughs> targeting is like, is very, very underutilized, uh, at least in my opinion. And a big reason for that is I think a lot of people think why would I do that? I already, they're already on my product page, but I'm sure as anyone on Amazon knows, there is a lot of ads on your product page for your product. So we like to own those ad spaces as much as we can. Of course, this is only possible if you have a, a, you know, a few products in your catalog, you can't do it with just one. But uh, if you have a few products, at least in your catalog, you can target your own ASINs, both sponsored products, sponsored display and sponsored brand across the board. Um, target your own ASINs. And by doing that, you, one, uh, help to eliminate a lot of the competitor ads on your page, uh, which helps to likely increase your conversion rate. Because if someone were to land on your product page, then they see a competitor ad and they bounce off. Well, there goes your conversion rate and you also possibly paid for them to get there in the first place. So that's no fun. Mm -hmm. But also you may... Uh, like upsell or cross sell or, or things like that on top of it. So you could get like, and done really well, you can get very strategic with it and decide your kind of bidding on each ASIN based on which products go together the best. If you have a large enough catalog to need to do that so that the higher up placements make the most sense on that page. And then you get to do headlines and whatnot in your like sponsor display. You get to have a little bit of creative. So you have, 
your headlines. You can target people if you want to get really crazy and really specific about it. You could cross or upsell a product with a sponsored display ad on one of your own ASINs and have a headline that speaks to a person who's already on the product page for that ASIN. Yeah, I love that. I love, I, I, I'm almost tempted to say like, if somebody's not segmented, branded versus non-branded, segmenting out the ASIN targeting is a great place to begin because it raises your awareness that you should even be doing it in the first place. I think this is very overlooked. Um, people should be bidding on their own product through all the ad types, uh, sponsored product, sponsored brand, sponsored display with other products. And you can be intentional, like what complementary product should I serve here? And there's so many people who are not doing this. And I feel like it could be so, so, so valuable. Um, this seems like a very easy, low-hanging fruit activity here. Yeah. And to add to that, of course, that also means adding all of your branded ASINs as negatives to all of your competitor targeting and all of your auto campaigns as well. So that, again, they're right. not taking up the non-branded <laughs> uh, right. search volume and search there. Yeah, yeah. You know, this, the sculpting concept of just like, hey, when I'm looking at a particular ASIN target, you know, do I know that this is where that ASIN target is getting triggered is, is an important is an important step. So, you know, last time I did an episode on segmenting branded versus non-branded was almost two years ago. It was August 28th, 2019. And, you know, this talking with you over the last few weeks about this, I think has been really helpful. And combined with the rising CPCs, it seems more important now than it did two years ago. I've always said, I've always said like when CPCs are incredibly low, you kind of get a pass for doing anything. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter what your setup was, you know, in the days of, I don't know if anyone remembers, but like 15 years ago, you can go to Google and search like free iPhone and hundreds of thousands of people were clicking on an ad, spammy looking thing that said, click here for a free iPhone. And then they were actually entering their email address into this a free iPhone. And I probably saw that kind of thing like a hundred times but until one day in college, I was just like, you know what, what happens if I enter my, a fake email into this? And then you go on this, like you go to the next page. It's like, well, if you want that free iPhone, you have to like do these seven things. I'm like, what kind of world did I just step into? But the point is that person was able to have such awful landing pages with such a awful thing and still get away with it because they were spending like five cents a click. So as CPCs get higher, things become more important. So staying ahead of the curve simply becomes more and more important. So the old verdict was sort of like, yeah, it's good, but it might take extra time and energy. And I think our conversation has moved me closer to the, yes, it's good. And it's probably becoming even more important. So it's probably something you should consider. Uh, and in your world, you're doing it bar none, no doubt about it. You're getting it done. Uh, and I can definitely see the benefit on there. Um, I dig it. I really do. I think it's, it's, it's a good idea. I gotcha. Clifford, I'm around. Yeah. You got, you, you, you got me. I, like I always knew it was good, but I simply think it's becoming more and more important but in your uh, example, because you're able to, con in, in your, in your, uh, 
in your CPC rising example, if you were to do this two years ago when CPCs are lower, you now have a bunch more money to spend on your ranking campaigns. Hey, now. <laughs> Always stay ahead of the curve. Uh, Clifford, I'm so stoked that you were able to come on the show and share this. And you improved my perspective on this. I love it. I love like seeing things a different way and like hearing the different perspective and just like the for this it was really like a nudge like hey mike you know this is important here's your reminder uh because i've always talked about like segmenting based off different parts of the funnel and different goals and i just think so much so i've had so many conversations at a high level like at an account level that i think this was the reminder that i needed like hey don't forget different campaigns should have different goals your competitor keywords need to be a different ACOS goal than your branded versus your non-branded. Uh, and one of the easiest ways to do that is to segment these things out to separate campaigns. Clifford, where can people get in touch with you? You could email me at Clifford at pilothouse.co. Uh, if you're also interested in pilothouse at all, it's pilothouse.co slash Amazon. I think <laughs> if you're uh, you've got a great crew over there uh i've talked to a couple of people over there on the team at pilot house it seems like such a great squad awesome that's great to hear i love that yeah yeah well Clifford, it was awesome having you on the show have a good one and i'll see everybody else next week here on the ppc den podcast have a good one <laughs>